It's the last Mondays with Mel press conference before the season starts on Friday. What did Mel Tucker say or not say? And then, oh, yeah, we play Western Michigan on Friday. We should probably start to get to know them at least a little bit. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The greatest people of all time. Yes, you already know who you are, the listeners and viewers of Locked On Spartans. Thank you so much for starting another day in this blessed game week. That's right. With us at Locked On Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. Yes, if you're watching on YouTube, you already know something's a little different today. Uh, I am being held hostage in a loft in an RV on the west side of the state right now, but fear not. This will be a short hostage situation. I will be back home later on this week, but if you're listening on the podcast, you don't really care where I am. Uh, But hey, I'm just going to fill you in with those details anyway. Uh, Thank you so much again for making us your first listen. As we lead very close to kickoff, Holy crap, only a few days away, uh, we will be talking about Western Michigan, their offense, their defense, and the dynamic between Peyton Thorne's dad being the offensive coordinator and, well, Peyton Thorne himself just being your quarterback that you'll be rooting for this Friday and beyond. Uh, Before any of that, yes, we're going to talk about Mel Tucker's quotes at his media day today, but also housekeeping. That's right. Please rate review, and subscribe to this here YouTube channel or podcast, however you are taking in this media. And also, hey, uh, shoot us an email at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Only if you want to, though, uh, with questions, comments. Uh, You have a mortal lock bet this weekend that you just want to throw my way because, my God, did I take a bath in week zero. But, uh, eh, yeah, so if you have any advice there, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. All right, let's get into it. Mondays with Mel, his weekly press conference in front of the hardworking media contingent of the Michigan State Beat. We're talking about guys like Chris Solari of uh, the Free Press, Lansing State Journal, Matt Wenzel, MLive.com, Matt Charbonneau, DetroitNews.com, Ryan Black of the Lansing State Journal. I'm shouting all these guys out because, well, of course, they are at the press conferences. They are tweeting out the quotes. And when I read these quotes, I want to give these guys some credit here. But, but, before we get to any of that, that's right, we got a big announcement, not a show announcement at all, of course, this is from the Michigan State football program. If you're going to the game on Friday, it is Stripe, the stadium, once again, they've been doing this once a year for, I don't know, the last handful of years. If you are in an even section, wear green. If you are in a odd section, like I will be, wear white. If you're a student, wear white. So there we go. Okay, that's the most important piece of information to get out of the way right now. Now let's get to Mondays with Mel. And my goodness gracious, uh, is this not one of the songbirds of fall? That football season is officially back. And what I mean is the songbird of Mel Tucker not saying a whole lot of anything in these press conferences because, oh boy, does he play his cards close to his vest? But we still got some things that we could talk about, of course. I mean, I'm not just going to sit here and give you all his coach speak and act like, oh, yeah, this is a big deal because... I, It's not, and I really don't have a problem with it. Mel Tucker does not say a lot during these press conferences before a game. He doesn't even let out a depth chart. That's right. If you're like me, you want to know who's starting at linebacker? Stay tuned on Friday. If you want to know who the starting kicker is, stay tuned Friday. If you also want to know who is even returning punts and kicks, 
It's probably going to be Jaden Reed, right? That seems like an easy answer for a coach just to offer up. Not so fast. He didn't even give us that on Monday. He was asked specifically who is returning punts and kickoffs, and he said, quote, we'll just have to see. And the obvious answer might be, well, of course it's going to be Jaden Reed, the guy that housed multiple tough touchdowns in punt and kickoff returns last year. But maybe the answer isn't so obvious, actually, because reports out of practice indicate that it's not just Reed practicing punt returns and kickoff returns. Jarek Broussard is also out there practicing punt returns, kick returns. I've heard Jeremy Bernard, Keon Coleman getting a few reps. So there are some guys that are not named Jaden Reed that are getting reps at punt and kickoff return. Now, why is that? Is that just to prevent injury? Kind of like what we saw at the school down the road last year. Ronnie Bell, one of their most dynamic playmakers. Week one, mm, destroys his knee on punt return or kickoff return. One of those two. Um, misses the rest of the season. So do you want to protect Jaden Reed a little bit? Or are you just preventing further injury? Like, well, uh-oh. Kaden Hauser, true freshman quarterback, gets in front of the media last week. It kind of spills the beans that Jaden Reed's been in and out of practice with injuries. So, yes, it might not be a guarantee that we see Jaden Reed at punt and kickoff return. But, hey, let's move forward with the rest of the quotes here. Uh, so, yes, why does he why, – why is he so boring? Let's just, let's just talk about it like adults here. Why is Mel Tucker so boring on Mondays? And I kind of like this answer, actually. He says, quote, I try to answer questions the best that I can, but I'm always going to do what's best for the green and white. Of course, there's uh, the age-old debate of, does announcing a depth chart really matter? Probably does more good than harm to Michigan State to just keep it to themselves. Only the people inside the football building, the coaching staff, the players, the personnel, are the only ones that know who is starting on Friday, and I just don't see how that hurts. Yes, of course, I would love to know beforehand, but, hey, I mean, we want to see our team win a football game, and if Mel thinks that that's going to help the team win a football game on Friday, then... Who might argue? Seemed to work pretty well 11 times last year of not, you know, releasing a depth chart before games. So who am I to question Mr. Mel Tucker on that one? Now, he didn't just speak about Michigan State. Of course, he was asked about his opponent coming up on Friday, the Western Michigan football Broncos. And he says, quote, whatever we see on film from these guys, they're going to be better than that way better. They're going to be more intense than that, stronger than that, faster than that, more physical than that. That's our focus. We have to play our fannies off. That's our preparation. Threw that quote in there because anytime you can have a football coach say the word fannies, that, that's a hoot and a half right there. But also, yeah, th this is great coach speak. Something that you want to get in front of the media and say so your team can also read it and hear it. Like I'm sure they already have a thousand times, but hey, you're 20 to 22 point favorites on Friday. Yeah, of course, the players aren't betting on this game. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But they probably do know that they should take care of business by at least three touchdowns because they are going to be the better team, the more talented team. But yeah, Mel Tucker getting out there saying, hey, this is what's on film. Prepare for even better than that. And then also, 
Yes, got to talk offensive line. No doubt about that. One of the biggest question marks going into this season. And he was asked once again about the offensive line and offered up a good answer to this one saying, quote, I've seen improvement from those guys. I see those guys developing and being able to play with the conditioning we need so we can compete hard for 60 minutes, know what to do and play with the edge we need, strain and move people in the run game and sustain. So whether that means conditioning for the starters, because look, We've talked up and down about it all offseason. I feel pretty good about the starting offensive line group. You do have experience with Jarrett Horse at your left tackle. You saw good things from Spencer Brown at right tackle. And then in the middle between Nick Samak, J.D. Duplain, Matt Carrick, and then graduate transfer Brian Green. Yeah, that's a good starting unit. And then everyone behind them, though, is a little bit of a question mark. So is the conditioning for those six people he's talking about? I'm sure he's talking about them, but also... Let's all remember, those six guys aren't going to play the entire game. You are going to have to tap into the young guys, like a Dallas Fincher, Gino Vandenmark, Ethan Boyd, for example. You are going Brandon Baldwin, if I could uh, throw out one more tackle. You are going to have to rely on those guys because, quite simply, offensive linemen don't necessarily make it the entire game. No position in football, really, except maybe quarterback, makes it the entire game without taking a single snap off. So, yes, you are going to see some of these young guys, and that will be one of the biggest things that we will all be watching on Friday night. But Mel Tucker was a little reminder that, yeah, we're going to have to move people. People are going to have to come in. And so we also saw how important that could be last year against Michigan. Jared Horst takes the series off. They get back-to-back sacks. It almost turned into complete and utter disaster if uh, they didn't correctly overrule Peyton Thorne's leg being down in the end zone. But yes, that's uh, exhibit A right there of a your starting lineman don't play the entire game and the guys that do come in to take you know some breath into the uh, linemen that are sitting out, you need them to play okay. So with Western Michigan, who has a pretty solid pass rush, they are returning two good edge rushers. That's going to be pretty important for this Friday's game. Now we will be talking about more quotes from Mel Tucker, but also getting into who on earth Western Michigan is in a hot second. But I just got to talk your ear off about betonline.net. Woo! That's right. Hey, I did my betting with betonline.net over the weekend. That's right, week zero. I did donate to them. I uh, I did pick Nebraska minus 12 is the line I got it at. But then again, hey, we got, got those earnings back. Vanderbilt minus six and a half first half. So thank you, BetOnline, for letting me recoup some of those donations that I gave you earlier. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for your odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, and yes, even esports. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, point blank, they got you covered top to bottom. So head to BetOnline today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and actions happening today. That is at BetOnline, where the game starts. And as we begin our second segment of this show, Lockdown Spartans, hey, thank you for spending your day with us at Lockdown Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. So one of the most interesting portions of Mondays with Mel is the Dynamic between Peyton Thorne, of course, Michigan State starting quarterback, and Western Michigan's new offensive coordinator, Jeff Thorne. He spent the last few decades at North Central, 
made them a powerhouse in Division 3. And, of course, Mel Tucker was asked about this. Like, hey, is this going to be a little weird for Peyton? Uh, let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, he's going to be trying to beat his dad. The dad's going to be trying to you know, defeat the son here. So, is, is that an odd pressure point for Peyton this week? And this is probably the topic Mel talked uh, about the most at on Monday. He said, quote, I don't think he's been in that situation before. Probably safe to say. Yes, correct, Mel. Uh, he says it's not a distraction for him, but it's a human performance business. That's his dad. So we have to address it and talk about how we have to handle it. Uh, and then you know, later on in the press conference, uh, Tucker was asked if Peyton Thorne has helped the defensive room game plan against his dad and Western Michigan's offense. And that answer was a lengthy one. Let's read the whole thing here. No. That was the whole quote, just, no, uh, Peyton Thorne has not helped the defensive room. That probably goes without saying, right? Uh, I, look, Peyton Thorne, I'm sure he's a great football mind. I'm sure he's very smart, yada, yada, yada. Going to go out on a limb here and guess that the guys with decades of professional football coaching experience still probably will help that defensive room a little more than the college quarterback. And besides... I think the college quarterback has a little bit more to worry about this Friday and this season than helping the defense for the upcoming game. So, no, the only thing that Peyton could possibly help with is straight up stealing the Western Michigan playbook, and I'm not quite sure that's a thing that Peyton Thorne wants to do. Um, yeah, so there you go. Now, as we get into talking about Western and who they are, obviously a big, big mystery is what is the offense going to look like. So... In order to do that, Mel Tucker has gone back and watched the North Central games that Jeff Thorne has coached for the last, I was about to say few years, how about many years? And Mel Tucker says, quote, we don't know what we're going to see from them for sure. We have to be able to adjust and adapt during the game. Now, MLive, a few weeks ago, over on the west side of the state, had a story that dialed in on this aspect of Western Michigan football, of what is the offense going to look like under new offensive coordinator Jeff Thorne. And they compared it to an old Western Michigan star in Greg Jennings. Yes, a dynamic receiver, and he thinks, or not he thinks, but it, it, all things point to maybe this offense looking how it did back then. And what they mean by that is that there is one strong receiver on this team, kind of like how Greg Jennings was a strong receiver back then. His name is Corey Crooms. And, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good. Sky Moore leaves last year. He's on the Kansas City Chiefs. So now you have a receiver room that has 5'11", Corey Crooms, 44 catches last year, more than 750 yards and six touchdowns. Now the issue here is what the MLive story talked about is back then, teams were keying in on Greg Jennings. Kind of the same way teams will be keying in on Corey Crooms. So the name of the game is... How do you get him open? How do you take the focus away from him, have mismatches? And the answer was, well, back then when Jeff Thorne and Tim Lester talked about this very problem, because they've been growing up together in the football coaching ranks, they had conversations about this, is mixing up the formations. Send everyone wide. Bunch everyone together really close. Maybe get a mismatch where the defensive assignment would be on this guy and not Crooms. So you could have Crooms against a linebacker. That's one way to get a nice mismatch and free up your star player. So a lot of the offensive play calling is going to be centered around 5'11", Corey Crooms. Now, for the rest of the receivers, who do we got? And we got Jelani Galloway. 
Okay, five foot eleven, transfer from Boston College. Not not really a splash transfer at all. Let me knock on wood here before I jinx myself into watching him score four touchdowns on Friday. Uh, also, AJ Abbott. He's a Wisconsin transfer. He caught three total balls over Madison. So, look, the receiving room isn't anything to write home about, but Corey Crooms is solid. And yes, even though he's you know, five foot eleven, not physically imposing, you know, like a Greg Jennings was a, a few decades ago, but Corey Crooms, five foot eleven, you can still get work done. I just look at Jaden Reed. You know, he's not the tallest guy in the world. Uh, I almost compare Corey Crooms to Jahan Dotson last year, that all-star receiver from Penn State. I, I see similar games in both of those guys. So yes, Crooms will be the guy to circle when Western Michigan is on offense. Now, sure, the guy throwing the ball is going to have to mean something, right? That is Jack Salopek. We talked about him a little bit last week, but if you missed it, here's the the lowdown on him: is that we really don't have a lot of lowdown on him. Uh, he's six foot one. Okay, again, not a physically imposing guy. Uh, he had five throws last year, went free three for three against Pitt, but then also over two against Ball State. Not the greatest arm strength, uh, and look, he's more of a game manager quarterback. But maybe you can get away with just having a game manager quarterback in the MAC ranks when you have a guy like Crooms and also the running backs that Western Michigan has. They do return two great running backs, and you already know one of these names. The first guy is Sean Tyler. Maybe that's not the name you know. Or maybe it is the name you know because he did eclipse 1,000 yards last year, 6.5 yards per carry, also 6.6 yards per carry the season before that, and he could also return kicks. Really, that running back for Western Michigan is what we are hoping Jarek Broussard to be for Michigan State. Very similar playing style, skill set, all that good stuff. Now, the second running back is the name you probably definitely know if you've been a Michigan State fan for more than six minutes. Ladarius Jefferson, that's right, making his return to Spartan Stadium. He was a running back not too long ago before heading into the transfer portal to uh, move closer to home, play for Western Michigan. Last year, led running backs at Western with 10 touchdowns. He is the thunder to Sean Tyler's lightning. So, yes, they do have two very talented running backs, two different skill sets. Combine that with Crooms, combine that with a game manager quarterback, and just like I said, that could work in the MAC. We're about to find out if that could work as three touchdown underdogs in Spartan Stadium. So, yes, there probably will be a good balance of run and pass through Western. And let's, you know, round this all out with talking about their offensive line. They are replacing both tackles. They are replacing a center this year. So it's three starting positions they have to replace on the offensive line. The center, they got that short up. It'll be Jacob Gideon. He started at guard all year last year, and he's actually on the Remington uh, watch list this season. So solid center for them. Their tackles are going to be the other guy who started at guard last season, and then they're going to convert a tight end who was actually converted from a defensive end, and now he's going to be playing one of the tackle positions. And that leaves Western with still having a position battle to see who the right guards, or the sorry, the left and right guard will be going into Friday. That'll be a nice little test there for those new starters uh, against, hey, here's Simeon Barrow, here's Jacob Slade. Good luck. Go get him. Welcome to starting a college football game. So, yeah, I, if MSU can exploit anything, I would really love it to be the, the offensive line. Uh, and just to flip sides of the ball really quick, uh, look, Western Michigan had one of the best defenses in the MAC last year, if not the best, and it's going to be good again this year. Uh, they returned all three of their starting 
linebackers from last year. They return both solid edge rushers from last year. They do get two defensive backs that missed pretty much all of last season last year. So the Broncos on defense will be solid. Um, but as we know, Michigan State's weapons, very, very solid. So we're about to see how much better this strong power five unit Michigan State has can be against a very, very strong group of five unit that Western Michigan has as well. All right, we're going to take a hot second of a break right here to pay a few bills. But when we get back, we got two mailbag questions we're going to get to. Let's get to them pretty soon. Just got to take a break. All right, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us with all your questions, comments, concerns, whatever. Or, hey, also, comment below on YouTube if you have any questions as well. Uh, we might be getting to a few questions on Thursday's show. So, Brandon writes in a fun hypothetical that, yes, you can play at home as well. Uh, he writes, okay, so if you could take any player back from the last 12 years, who would it be? But, but... For every player you add, we start the opening game against Western down by seven points. For me, it's K9, Josiah Scott, and then Cy Malik McDowell is what Brandon writes. So what he means by that is, okay, seven points for every player that he adds. He adds Kenneth Walker, Josiah Scott, Malik McDowell. Now we start down 21-0 when we kick the ball off on Friday. I like this game. This is a fun little game, and there's no shortage of great answers you can have for this question. Um, I'm going to go ahead and load up Michigan State with four players. I think Michigan State starting down 28-0 when we kick off on Friday would work, especially if we add these four players. I'm going to keep the quarterback. I, I like how our linebackers look. Uh, the secondary could use some help, so this is where we're going to start. We're going to start with Darquez Denard. We're just going to take away one half of the field entirely. Darquez Denard, in case anyone forgot, one of the best, the best defensive backs in college football in the last decade. So, oh, Michigan State has pass defense issues? Okay, I just cleaned it up right there. We're down 7-0 against Western to start. Uh, number two, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker the third. Um, if he's not on your answer list, uh, I would really love to hear a compelling argument as to why he would not make your list because uh, he is worth probably one, if not two, most likely three touchdowns uh, in a game like we will see this Friday, just alone. And what we're going to miss with Kenneth Walker is, yeah, hey, the, the touchdowns, it was all fun. He you know, had a lot of great long runs. Who remembers that 75-yard run to start the season? I know I do. But what we're going to miss is those runs that were supposed to go for zero yards. You know, he's bottled up. Okay, guys blew their assignment or, you know, someone got off the edge really quick. And, oh, my God, he's in the backfield the same time that Kenneth Walker is getting handed the ball. He took those zero-yard runs and turned them into six-yard runs, eight-yard runs. You know, nothing flashy that's going to make the highlight real, but just good enough to make an absolute zero of a play into at least somewhat of a little net positive, sometimes a substantial net positive. But yes, we're going to be missing that this season. I do like Jalen Berger. I do like Jarek Broussard. I'm sure the offensive line is going to be fine in the run game, but he was not called the eraser last year for no good reason. Kenneth Walker earned that nickname, so yeah, of course we're going to go with him number two. Number three, oh, you'll like this one. Maybe. I'll let you be the judge of this, actually. Tony Lippett. Tony Lippett. And here's why. You might be thinking to yourself, well, like for offense, like for receiver, we're going to put him at defensive back again? I might do both. 
I might do both. Uh, why not? He has great experience at doing both. He was certainly uh, above average doing both in college. So, yeah, if Michigan State needs some help in the passing game on offense, okay, send him out there. Send him opposite of Jaden Reed or imagine a trio of Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman, Tony Lippett. Or if uh, Dark Horse Denard still, still doesn't have enough impact in the pass defense game, okay, well, how about just Tony Lippett there to shut down the other end of the field. So that's player number three. And player number four, especially with Brandon Jordan as the coach, I want a mega, mega pass rush. So we are getting back Shalik Calhoun. No doubt about that. So yes, we're starting down 28-0 to against Western, but with those four players, I'm feeling fairly confident that we will erase that deficit. Maybe by halftime, heck, if you wanted to add a fifth player, I, I would not say no to that. Maybe like, like a Kari Willis if you will, or a, uh, a Jack Conklin, another offensive lineman would be great. I would not say no to that at all. Start down 35-0, but 35 is where I start to get a little ugh, iffy on, uh, or we get a little too ahead of our skis here. So yes, for this hypothetical, keeping it at four players, Kenneth Walker III, Darquez Denard, Tony Lippett, Shelley Calhoun, we're good as gold. Uh, and last but not least, Alex gets to a very pressing question here, one that a lot of Michigan State fans are fired up about year after year after year. And he writes, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, While I think change is overall a great thing in life, sports and even our Spartans, with Thunderstruck being replaced last year with Swag Surf as the team's runout song, my question to you is, what would your ideal tunnel runout song be for this year? Do you think we should change the song every year like the basketball team does, or cement a song in for a while once we find out that what uh, sorry, that really feels like it belongs. Personally, I really enjoyed Thunderstruck, and I feel like everyone would sing along with it and really get into it. And I really want that feeling back in Spartan Stadium. Swag surfing's a fun song, right? What was not done well last year, though, is I don't know. Like, I'm not an audio guy. I'm very tech unsavvy. Uh, I'm I barely know how to turn a television on. It's why 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 did it look why did it sound like Swag Surfing was playing from someone's phone in section 15 row 47 like you could barely hear the entrance song last year this is a brand new speaker system or i i guess it's a few years old now but like still it, it sounds archaic when the team walks out but the rest of the game it's booming let's just have a proper level for swag surfing if that's going to be the entrance song i look see that's another songbird of a uh, a fall right here is getting upset about a college football entrance son. I'm doing it. I know I'm doing it, so I'm just going to say it right now. Um, No, I, I would keep swag surfing. That's fine. Just play it at a reasonable volume. But I will say this, that I was starting to really come around to Thunderstruck. Because you go around to other great college football entrances, right? Like, you know, Penn State uh, has Zombie Nation. Virginia Tech enters Sandman. Uh, what South Carolina has, the, the Space Odyssey son. Uh, 2001, I think it's called. But... Traditions happen when they are around for a while, and like, no, Michigan State's entrance was never going to get to like a Penn State level or a Virginia Tech level, but Thunderstruck was starting to become a thing. It, it was really a mainstay in Spartan football, and I think the fan base was starting to kind of move towards, yeah, this is our new entrance song. It's fun. It's cool. Um, I really loved it when the Spartan would slash the logo in half on the big screen. It's really fun, but that's at the wayside now, so... I'm, I'm just going to take a boring answer and say, like, I, yeah, just change the song every year then. If, if you're not going to do an old song that 
pretty much everyone in the stadium knows, you know, play that loud volume, doing it every year. So something that you can rely on for your walkout son. Just change it up then. I, whatever the cool song is these days. And if you're asking me, uh, some washed 30-year-old dude uh, who still listens to the same playlist he made in 2011, what song that should be this year? You're asking the wrong guy. I don't know what cool music is this year. Uh, Rain on Me by Dua Lipa and Lady Gaga. I don't know. I yeah, that'll get the team going. There we go. That'll fire them up. Um, so, no, I'm the wrong person to ask what the song should be. I'm just here to say that turn the music up if you're going to do the stadium entrance right. Or, B, I miss Thunderstruck a little bit. Just just a little bit. I do. I'll admit that. I'm, I'm man enough to admit that. So, there we go. Gang, we will be back tomorrow. We will be back the rest of the week with more Michigan State content. Of course, it'll be pretty much all football unless some breaking basketball news happens as we get closer and closer to kickoff. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. You guys are the best. Enjoy the rest of your week. Love you all. Go Green.